And welcome to WDW Radio Live. I am Lou Mangello, and this is the WDW Newscast for Wednesday, September 27th. Sorry, September 17th. It's been so long since I've been here. 2014, I'm back after a couple of weeks of traveling on business to help bring you the best possible Disney vacation experience and a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this live broadcast every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern right here at WDWRadioLive.com. Also, there's my podcast, my videos, blog, live broadcast, books, audio tour, mobile app, newsletter, more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. We are going to skip all the formalities this week and get right into it because I really want to share with you my thoughts on the hot topic of the week. I'm also going to ask those of you who are watching live in the chat to try and save your comments for some discussion afterwards and some Q&A just so I can sort of go through some of the things I want to chat about. Uh, Before I get started on that, I really want to clarify something and I need to be very, very clear about a couple of things. I just like talking about the things that make us happy about going to this place. I do a positive show because I'm a positive person. Walt Disney World, since 1971, has always been an escape for me and I think a lot of other people. So I want my show and what I do to be the same and connect them to that happy experience and that sense of escapism. I want people to have a positive experience when they go to the parks and not look for the negative. And look, I am the same way about Disney as I am no matter what I'm talking about, right? I always look for the positive in things, whether it's a movie, a restaurant, a a video game, food, everything. It's who I am, right? I am a very positive person. But additionally, other than being a positive person, I'm also a nostalgic. And if you listen to my show for the past nine and a half years, you probably know that. Whether it's an attraction, a show, other things we lost... I miss them as well. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, The Skyway, Toad, If You Had Wings, Horizons, the original Journey to Imagination, the list goes on and on about things that I remember and I reminisce about and that I missed. But I also know that things change. And for me, personally, that's a good thing. And to be honest, I don't get angry about these types of changes, even if I see something go away that I enjoy. Most recently, Snow White's Scary Adventure. I love that attraction. It's a classic Disney dark ride. It was a a, a staple of Fantasyland for me, right? But I'm always excited about what's coming next. I enjoy change, that's me. And you know what? Disney, the company, the Imagineers have earned my trust based on what they've done in the past about what they have planned for the future. And if they didn't make changes, and if they didn't update the parks, it would get repetitive and boring and stale. And I'm not going to overuse the Walt quote about it not being a museum, but it's not. Because with change comes new beginnings. And of course, you know, when new things come, oftentimes things are being replaced by what is coming next. So let's talk about the 800-pound Viking in the room. Disney Parks blog confirmed this week that the Maelstrom attraction in Norway is closing for good on September 28th with a new attraction based on Frozen opening early in 2016. Needless to say, I am overstating the obvious, 
There was an uproar online, so much so it almost made people forget about the changes to the Epcot Entertainment lineup, which they were losing their minds about the week earlier. We'll talk more about that at the end. But I, I wanted to touch on a couple of points in no particular order about this change. And one of the, the big sort of, let's sort of take the emotion out of it for a second, right? Because it is something that people are very passionate about, which I love. I love to see the enthusiasm on both sides of the coin. But let's sort of remove the emotion from it for a second and remember, Disney is a corporation. They are a business. They are a business, like all businesses, that is in the business of making money. They are also in the business of giving people what they want. And clearly... Unquestionably, people want more Frozen. And how do we know this? Well, we know this because they're surveying guests, right? Because they see that people are lining up literally for hours for meet and greets, for DVDs, for merchandise, Frozen on ice, anything Frozen they can get their hands or stomachs on, people are enthusiastic about. People, experts have sort of been likening this to the 1980s Cabbage Patch Kids craze when people were lining up for hours to get that merchandise, right? Look, Frozen has been a musical, award-winning, filmmaking, animation juggernaut. It's a, a social media juggernaut. The, the Let It Go video, the last time I checked, had more than 31 million views on YouTube, right? Highest grossing animated film ever, one of the highest grossing films, period, of all time, number one Disney animated film here and overseas. And look, I get it. Maelstrom, Maelstrom is loved by many nostalgics and, and quote-unquote Epcot fans, but let's be clear. Nobody, nobody is waiting five hours to ride it. There is no five-hour line for Maelstrom, right? Kids, and oftentimes their parents, are not losing their marbles about Odin's head, a troll, a couple of bears, and an oil rig. And let's call a spade over, as long as we're being honest, that's what it is. The attraction's payoff at the end of the waterfall is a big oil rig, right? And by show of hands, and I'm speaking virtually, who's real, who really stays to watch the movie? Other than the hardcore Epcot fans and the nostalgic, who knows that you are not the first to pass this way and back back over the falls? Who knows what that attraction is from? How much merchandise is really being sold as a result of the Maelstrom attraction? Nobody is booking a trip to Walt Disney World just to see Maelstrom. I could guarantee you people are going to book a trip to Walt Disney World specifically because a new Frozen attraction is opening in 2016. Because I think, and look, remember, the average Walt Disney World visitor is not the person that visits every week or every month or even every year. It's the person that comes for the first time or every three to five years. And who rides Maelstrom's for the first time and says, wow, I need to tell all my friends about this and I have to get pictures of my kids in front of it. We need to ride it again and again. I have kids, I have friends with young kids. They're not crazy about Maelstrom and they're not alone. I just rode a few weeks ago and I was like, Huh, okay. I, I think it was a sense of nostalgia. I was like, oh, this is why I, I like Maelstrom so much, right? And look, I'm sad when anything changes to a certain degree because we're sad to see old attractions go, like we mentioned before, right? But why do they go? Why do these attractions leave? Would they be replaced if they were insanely popular? And that goes for things like Horizons, the original Journey to Imagination. If there were five-hour lines for Horizons, 
chances are it might still be here. Right, so people say, well, it shouldn't be here, right? Maybe Frozen should come in, but it shouldn't be in Norway. It has nothing to do with Norway. That's not true. Frozen was directly inspired by Norway. In fact, let's go forward. Frozen has generated an incredible amount of tourism for the country of Norway. Disney and otherwise, right? Adventures by Disney, trips to Norway have been doing very, very well. The Norway Tourism Board will tell you that they have a, an increased amount of tourism as a direct result. You can go to their website as a direct result of Frozen. And there are details in Frozen directly inspired by Norway. Look at the Art of Frozen book. Read through it. Look at the pictures from the research trips that the animators went to from Norway. And then look at the background art, how they match up, right? It's certainly a much easier fit into Norway than it is anywhere else. And what I mean by that is trying to build something brand new is very, very expensive and incredibly time-consuming. It would take years and tens up to hundreds of millions of dollars to build a new attraction. It wouldn't open in 2016. It would open years from now. And when it comes to sort of, oh, people say, well, it, it changes the integrity of what Epcot is. Look, Epcot's been evolving since the 90s, right? And look, it's, I, I take that back. I... I Epcot's been evolving since day one. Since day one that Michael Eisner stepped foot in Epcot and said, where's the characters? Why is Mickey Mouse not in this park? Because there were no Disney characters there other than Dreamfinder and Figment. He said, hey, Mickey Mouse is our brand. He needs to be here. And phase two of World Showcase was supposed to have characters in there as well. There was going to be an Alice in Wonderland-themed village and world in the United Kingdom. There was going to be the, a Pinocchio village as part of Italy to make it more kid-friendly. And as time had gone on, and Epcot got this reputation of being the educational park, they wanted to get away from that. There was a huge dip in numbers after the park opened because nobody wanted to go to Epcot or go to the theme parks to learn. Right? They're on vacation. That's part of the reason why the Disney Institute closed. They wanted the parks to be fun for every age, just like Walt wanted. Right? Look, the Living Seas, another, right? It's now Nemo and Friends, drawing many more people than the Living Seas Sea Cab Ride ever did. It never had huge lines. Now, all of a sudden, kids want to go and ride the attraction because they can relate to the character of Nemo. And you say, well, there shouldn't be characters. There shouldn't be, this shouldn't be in World Showcase. It doesn't belong there. There's been characters in World Showcase for years. Pooh, Alice in Wonderland, Mary Poppins in the UK, Snow White in Germany, Belle, Beast, and Aurora in France, Mulan in China, Aladdin in Jasmine in Morocco. Oh, by the way, Agrabah does not exist in Morocco. It doesn't exist anywhere. It's fictional, like Arendelle. Many of these people and places were inspired by locations just like Frozen was. And let's be honest too, Epcot needs an attendance boost, right? Disney doesn't give numbers, but we know that Epcot has sort of plateaued more than a decade ago. Why? Because there's been no new, new attraction since 2005 when Soren came in there. Ironically, Maelstrom was the last attraction added to World Showcase in 1988. This will be a Frozen attraction, will be a huge boost forget revenue, but in attendance and enthusiasm for this park, right? This is what Disney is in the business of doing. You cannot argue that they are trying to certainly generate more revenue and more attendance into this park. And for the people that are so angry, so, so angry about this, 
right? Even more so than they're angry about Avatar, which is, you know, separate conversation. But how do you know what it's going to be? Like, what are you so angry about? We've seen no concept art. We haven't even heard a description of what the attraction's going to be yet. And you know what? Just maybe, maybe the attraction still is going to be about the culture and the people and the heritage of Norway with some frozen characters in the attraction as well. Much like the three caballeros have done inside uh, the Mexico Pavilion in World Showcase, right? And it's just interesting to see the, the, the angriness and the divisiveness and, and just how mad people are with this, right? And, and I wonder, and I, obviously social media was in, in a non-existent state back then, but you know, when, when Dreamflight closed in Tomorrowland, right, who was really mad when Buzz Lightyear took over? Who was mad when Toy Story came into Tomorrowland having nothing to do with a very, you know, with a, a storyline that existed for Tomorrowland? or the Nemo subs in Disneyland, or Tarzan's treehouse. Nobody's called, nobody called for petitions to save the Swiss family Robinson, right? Disney does things because it's what people are looking for, because Toy Story was big. They wanted a Toy Story attraction. They wanted to make an attraction that wasn't very popular in Dream Flight into something that families could ride and enjoy together. And yes, capitalize on the intentional puzz, intentional pun, buzz, and, and um, how popular Toy Story was. And I will listen. The old lawyer me is going to come out. On the opposite side of the argument, could you say that maybe a frozen attraction is a better fit for Fantasyland? Absolutely. You can certainly make that argument. It makes total sense. But where do you put it? There, with the expansion of Fantasyland, there's pretty much no room right now. What about, what do you replace? What attraction do you take out to replace with a frozen attraction that will not make people lose their collective marbles once again. Again, it takes time and money to build a new attraction, but even if you had unlimited uh, supplies of both, where would you put it? And it begs the question, is any attraction not untouchable? Right? Is, it, is any attraction not untouchable? And look, it, it is to a certain degree like the Epcot entertainment argument that's been taking place over the past couple of weeks. I've gotten tweets and emails and voicemails and letters and everything else about saving off kilter. You know what? Maybe off kilter doesn't need saving, right? We don't know why some of the Epcot entertainment that's been, been, been there for decades is leaving. Maybe they don't need saving. Maybe the contracts are up. Maybe they wanted too much money. Maybe they wanted to move on to something else. Maybe guest satisfaction surveys were low. We don't know. But like Maelstrom to Frozen and off-kilter to whatever's coming next, maybe we could look forward to what's coming. Because who knows, dare I say it, you might actually like it even better, and that's okay. Right? So for those of you who are listening or watching live, I, I want to know, you know, are you a huge fan of Maelstrom? Right? If you consider yourself a big fan of Maelstrom, why? Is it a must-do every time you go to Walt Disney World? Is that a place that you run to when Epcot's World Showcase first opens? Do you take all your friends and family to go see it? Are kids asking for it? Because I know a lot of kids that don't. They actually kind of think that it's scary. Is it more nostalgic of an attraction than actually really, really good? And I say that with things like, you know, horizons and things like are we really sort of hanging more on the nostalgia of it than the fact that the attraction when it was there we thought it was just the best thing since sliced bread 
Horizons 2 didn't have big lines. That's why it went away. That's why it was replaced by something else. Because times, they are consistently a-changing, right? And let me be clear, too. I am not trying to convince anybody, right? We're all entitled to our opinions. There's no right or wrong answer or sentiment or feeling at all. I'm happy that people are passionate about it. I'm happy that people are discussing it. I'm happy people care about this place so much that they're willing to sort of put themselves out there and talk about it and argue about it. But it shouldn't be an argument, right? And it concerns me when I see ugliness and angriness and, and hurtful things being said on social media when people are protected by that veil of anonymity and gain incredible amounts of keyboard courage because there's no sort of uh, accountability on the backside. But, you know, I think all we're here and you're listening to this because deep down at some point we're all Disney fans or we were Disney fans. And I think we, we, we love this place. And me personally, I look forward to what's next. I trust these people. I trust this company. I'm excited about what the future may hold. And I'm curious and excited for what Norway and maybe even the rest of World Showcase and other things that are coming in the future are going to be as a result of these kind of changes. I want to hear your opinion. I want you to weigh in on this. There's lots of different ways. You could tweet me. I'm at Lou Mangiello. You can call the voicemail. Be heard on the air. Let me hear the passion in your voice. 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-9391. If you want to email me, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. You can comment over at youtube.com slash www.radio, however and wherever you are more comfortable. I'm sure this is not the end of the conversation, certainly not the end of the debate, and that's okay. Uh, I want to thank you guys for taking the time and tuning in. Normally, we would talk, be talking about a lot of other Disney news, as we will be doing again next week with you guys in the chat room. So please tune in every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern right here at www.radiolive.com and visit the website over at www.radio.com for everything else, including the blog, the podcast, the videos, the discussion forums, the app, the newsletter, and lots more. Also, please go and check out loumangelo.com to see what, some of the stuff that I'm doing sort of outside the Disney space. I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. If you're in the chat room, sit tight. I'm going to save this audio, post it to the iTunes feed, put the video up on YouTube, and then stay. We'll chat for a little while longer. Thanks so very much for taking the time to watch. I am Lou Mangiello. So until next time, have a great week, everybody. See ya.